Earlier this fall, a student emailed me offering to pay me to read and record his top 200 drugs list. I was too busy mid-semester, but I did want to create a roadmap for him and other students that shared his need. Each fall and spring, many health professional students try to learn the top 200 drugs, but get little help in memorization techniques. This book will help regardless of which top 200 drugs your professor assigns. It will also help you answer the question, where do I start studying pharmacology for my board exams? Maybe you're studying for NCLEX-RN, National Council Licensure Examination Registered Nurse, or NABPLEX, National Association of Boards of Pharmacy Licensure Examination, or another exam. This book will provide a framework for your knowledge to wrap around, much as a garden lattice might hold up vines. What does Top 200 Drugs mean? At one time, there was a website that listed the top 200 drugs in the United States by 1. Number of prescriptions written, and 2. Ranked by money spent on each drug. This created two different lists, but their value was clear. Well-prepared students remember the most frequently prescribed drugs. The 80-20 rule, or Pareto's principle, predicts that 20% of the medications will represent 80% of those prescribed. Brutal rote memorization, however, is a poor strategy for managing information overload. Memorizing a brand name, generic name, medication class, therapeutic use, and one adverse effect for 200 drugs represents 1,000 pieces of information. Each new item adds 200 memorization points. Students often ask why they should memorize drugs if they can Google them or look them up in a Davis Drug Guide for Nurses? The answer? A properly sorted and memorized list of 200 drugs provides a structure on which to build your preparation for pharmacology class, the board exams, and clinical practice. But how will you memorize so many drugs? Follow this thought experiment. Imagine instead of playing the part of student, you're the instructor. The class is 200 students, and there are exactly 200 seats in the classroom. How do you remember all of their names? How do you know who is absent when you see empty chairs? You could ask the students to sit alphabetically, by first name or by last name, but this is college, not grade school. A more organic approach would take time to understand why groups formed as they did. Students sit in the same seats weekly. As you talk and get to know them, you find out what brings them together. They may have the same undergraduate, major, hometown, dorm, previous class, and so forth. There are the front row groups that always ask questions, or back row group that asks no questions. Groups come from the same hospital floor, or work on a semester project. If someone's absent, you know what group he or she is missing from. As you learn the drugs in this book, you'll see similar groupings. For example, You'll see 13 gastrointestinal drugs, 5 SSRI antidepressants, 4 benzodiazepines, and 3 angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitors. When you bring medicines back from memory, you'll remember if one is missing. This book provides that specific framework to memorize the most important drugs in a logical order. A good analogy is that learning to drive a car requires essentially the same foundational instruction. However, once you learn, you can drive anywhere, or anything you want. We have a problem, however. 
because pharmacology instructors and students speak different languages. This causes instructors to get student comments like, he can't teach, I didn't learn anything in his class, and C's get degrees, I guess. Professors who can't communicate to students frustrate those who want to learn. I'm especially empathetic to parents and students with full-time jobs, and international students trying to pick up English and the language of pharmacology. I'm a parent of three daughters, and English is not my first language. Let me show you this disconnect between a student's and a teacher's memorization metaphors.